Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. So every, every Sunday, basically, we ask ourselves the question, why are we here? And I think that's a good question. We need to know, why are we here? What are we doing here today? Why are we here? Is it because it's Sunday? Or it's because it's South Africa? Or is it because uh, you're a Christian? Or, um, yeah, why are you here? And that's a good question. You need to answer that. Um, I want you to, to think about that just for a moment. And what I think why we are here is we gather because it's nice. We're allowed to say that. <laughs> we gather because we like each other, or I hope we do. We won't always do. Um, you know, Etienne in Tiger Book, he has this mantra. It says, a good word is a challenging word. Now, I think a good word can be a challenging word, and a challenging word can be a good word, but uh, sometimes we just want to love each other. We don't want to challenge each other. But today might be a bit more of a challenging word uh, for you. So... Why are we here? We gather together to grow, and we don't grow just to know more. Like, I mean, there's not enough spiritual fat cats in the world, aren't there? There's enough good teaching already, I believe. There's, there's amazing teaching. You can go on YouTube, and you can spend literally the rest of your life listening to teaching. And it will be good teaching, and you'll know more about the Word, and you'll know the deep layers of the Word. And I mean, I, I, I'm a nerd for that. I like that. Um, you can go into the Hebrew and the Greek, but, but what is it? Worth. Why is that worth something if it doesn't overflow? If we're not going to do something with it. If we're not going to minister to someone. If we're not going to step out. If we're not going to love on people. So, according to Ephesians 4 and 12, it says the leaders of the church, their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. So, we are about the kingdom. Who's with me? We're building the kingdom. We, we're doing God's work. We're doing the kingdom work. And the word says that the kingdom of God is inside of us. That's something quite interesting. The kingdom of God is inside of us. Inside of whom? Inside of people. Now, the kingdom is not in everyone. Amen? So our job is to get the kingdom of God into more people. The people who is currently vacant. They have a, a vacant sign, basically, over them. Saying, I am empty. I am void. I am in search of meaning, life, purpose, destiny, love, forgiveness, grace. I am searching. I am looking. And often I'm looking in all the wrong places. Anyone know some people like that? Okay, we live in Stellenbosch. There's a lot of them here. There's a lot of them around the world. But the thing is, in Stellenbosch, there's a lot of churches. Where we do our outreach on Sundays, if you've been with us, you know there's about three or four churches just that we know of, literally within walking distance, meeting at the same time. There's another church in the building. When we leave at 6 o'clock, they start their service at 6.30. But then there's parts of the world where there is 2% or less Christianity. Where there's a one day a week weekend because there's just no reason for a Sunday. Because there's nothing like church. There's places in the world where, where there's no translation of the Bible that they can read in their native tongue. Now, when I did, we did Afrikaans services, I realized how poor Afrikaans translations can be. But yet, there's five, six, seven, there's probably more options. 
in the English language, there's so many, there's more than 20 that I know of translations. Yet there are people, groups in the world that does not have a translation that they can read. Have you ever heard about the Dark Ages? What, well, why was it dark? Because the word was withheld from people. Now, that means the Dark Ages is still ongoing in certain places. Anyone ever heard of the 1040 window? 1040 window, that's where the things I'm speaking of is true. Everyone ever heard of a country called Albania? Do you know that Albania is in the 1040 window? So I know there's a lot of people, and when we sent Carl and Alicia, they were like, why do you send them? We need a women's ministry, or we need more conferences, or Carl packs out good cha- the chairs good. Well, because there's a 1040 window, that's why we send them. And I want you to, to be encouraged in that sense that we are part of something much bigger than ourselves. And like the word has been for Stellenbosch, it's going to be a train station where people are going to be equipped and leave. The word of Albania is that will be a springboard into the rest of southeastern Europe and beyond, even into the Middle East. So guess what? It's time to get on board. It's time to get onto that springboard. It's time to, to send some more people. And what we're going to do is we're going to have a, um, a mission to Albania at the end of November, beginning of December. And we can all be part of it. And we are all going to be part of it. As a church, as a campus, we're going to be part of it. Whether you're going to be part of the prayer team, then you're going to be part of it. Whether you're going to be part of the giving team, you're going to help send people, you're going to be part of it. Or whether you're going to feel the tug on your heart to go, I want you to be part of it. I want you to live for more than just another Sunday service. Amen? There are people out there who do not know about God. They are empty. They have vacant signs all over them. There are countries, towns. When we visited Albania, we went over um, Istanbul. I've never felt such a dreary atmosphere as I did on uh, Atatürk Airport in Istanbul. We arrived at 4 a.m. in the morning. The flight was early, praise God. And there was just Muslims everywhere. And no smiles. No life dreadfulness. It's, it's like this dark pit and you're trying to shine your light and guess what? It shines, but we need more light to shine in those areas. We went to Albania and no one can understand you. No one understands what the Bible is. No one knows even things. The other day in Stellenbosch, we were speaking to a lady and she said, what is a life group? What, what is it? I was like, now we're speaking to the right people. So I want you to get behind us and I want you to, to start praying and we're going to pray right now and the sermon's already for this mission. And I want you to partake of who we are as a church, because as a church we exist, we gather to grow, to go, to overflow. And this is a short-term mission, so you can come back. Amen? <laughs> it's not like Karen and Alicia, who's been there for years now, and they only come back to visit. But we can all be partakers of that. We can all give, and we want to encourage you to give into this. And this is an extra special mission. Amen? Anyone agree with me? Okay, so we're going to require some extra special giving. It's no use we just redirect our giving to a mission because we get, still need to pay the, the, the venues, we still need to pay the internet, we still need to buy coffees and teas for you guys. So we want you to really partake of it. And we're going to pray. And one way to, to really get behind it is where your treasure is, that your heart will be. Now your treasure is not just your money. It's your thoughts. It's your thinking. It's your prayer time. It's, it's your focus. That's why if you're not sure where to be part of, become part of the prayer team. Start there. Take your first step. Become part of this prayer team. Let's pray. There's a church there. They meet on Saturdays because the culture doesn't understand Sundays. That's literally how it is there. But then as a leadership, we decided this week 
that we can't just preach. We need to put something behind what we say. Amen? We need to lead by example. So as a campus leadership team, we are all trusting God that we would be going on this mission. Myself, Emily, Etienne, Shane, Chart, we're all trusting that we would be able to go. It's going to take leave. It's going to take unpaid leave for some. It's going to take finances. But guess what? We can't just stand here and say we're serious about the kingdom and not do something about it. So we're going to lead by example and we want you to follow. We want you to help get us there if you can't go. Amen? And like we said, we know, maybe for some of you, you're like, but what about the ministry finances? Well, we're willing to give up salaries to go. That's how serious this is. Because salaries come and go. Guess what? If you haven't gotten paid yet, last month's salary is gone. So it will come again, it will go again. But kingdom is not like that. There are people who we're going to reach, we're going to at, we're going to attack darkness. Amen? We're going to step into that place. and We're going to make a difference. And I want us to, as a church, really rally behind this. And I think this is the biggest, widest spectrum that all the campuses have come together and say, we're going to do this. And we're going to do this together. And we're going to be on mission. We're going to step out. We're going to live. And we're going to love, not just in words, but in deed. We're going to go for it. And we're going to make a difference. Anyone excited about that? Amen. We've got a few months to get ready to pray. If you need a passport, get a passport. Amen. If you need to, to think about it, get a passport anyways. So it gives you an option. If your passport is not valid for more than six months, get a new one. Okay? We live in South Africa. You better play quick. <laughs> you better make sure you get your passport. That's the first thing. You don't need the money first. You need the passport. That's what you can do. The money will come. Don't make a decision based on money. Amen. As a ministry, we've never been able to do that. We've never been able to make a decision based on money because there's never enough. But guess what? We have many campuses. We have a church in Albania and we're moving around the world preaching the gospel, making disciples. Why? Because money comes and money goes. But the kingdom of God is eternal. So, who's ready to pray with me? Are we going to pray? Let's pray and let's stir our hearts. Let's stir and let's hear from God this morning what He wants us to do. Not what we want to do. Not what's comfortable. I know my mom is not going to be very comfortable when I tell her I'm going to Albania again. But it's okay. We're not here to, be, to live in comfort. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. And sometimes we need to step out of our comfort zone to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to do His job. Amen? Which is to comfort us. He gives us the peace that goes beyond knowledge. It doesn't make sense. It's just before the holidays. What about my leave? Well, there's a peace that goes beyond knowledge. And that is how we operate. That's how we make decisions. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much this morning for this opportunity. We thank you for a life worth living. Father, we thank you for purpose. We thank you for destiny. Father, we thank you for the kingdom. We thank you for the opportunity to step out. And Father, thank you that we know when we step out, it's not in vain. It's not in vain because what we have works. What we have is the gospel message. It is the power of God. It brings people unto salvation. Yes, Lord, it worked for me. And it worked for the people under my voice. It worked for those in Albania, Father, who are yet to hear. It will work, Father. And as we pray around the different campuses of Grace Life this morning, as we stir our hearts, as we hear from you right now, Father, speak to us. Let me just hear that still, small voice. And Father, thank you that you help us to, to, to go. That you are sending us on this mission. As a leadership, Father, as we're stepping out and telling people, come with Let's go. Let's step out. Let's, let's do something of purpose. Let's, let's leave more than a legacy. Let's leave eternity. 
Father, right now, thank you that you show us those who want to go, Father, that you, that you just confirm that in our hearts. Father, and for us who, who need to raise finances, thank you that you show us how to go, go about it, whether we can sell something or, or work something or cut back on something. For all of us who want to give into this, thank you, Holy Spirit, that there's wisdom, that we can maybe do something extra, we can sell something that we're not using, or even if we're using it, that there's eternal purpose the moment we sell that and we sow into the kingdom. Thank you, Father, that as a leadership and as a church, we can gather around this mission, that we have an open door into the 1040 window. Just thank God for that for a moment. That's not every person in every, world, every ministry that has an open door, has a, a basically an oasis right there, a landing place. But we want to make sure that it's not just a soft landing place, but it's a springboard into more. Thank you, Father, for the money that's already come in. There's already other ministries who've sown into this because they believe in what we do. They want to be part of what we do. And they've given from their church finances to, to help fund this. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, we thank you for this opportunity. Now, I pray for every person's heart here that, that our hearts will be softened towards the unreached. Yes, the ones next door, the one down the street, but also the ones overseas. The people where the odds of them hearing about Jesus is so little that we have to step up and do something about it. You can walk in spar and, and not share the gospel, and the chances are that someone will share the gospel with that person that you didn't. <clears throat> in Albania, they're not that lucky. In Albania, there is so few people who know the gospel that we have to step up and do something. Father, thank you that we can pray, that we can give, and that we can go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad I'm part of this church that doesn't just play it safe. Amen. A church that's really on a mission to, to, to go about it. And you might think, yeah, but you're part of the furniture, Peter. Remember, I wasn't always. I also joined as a visitor. I also came for a first service. I also packed out chairs. I'm still packing out chairs, by the way. We also do things like that. We also came and felt home. And we are growing and we're plugging in and receiving more and more. And we're getting stirred up to, to do more for God. Amen. Because we're under good leadership. We're part of something much bigger. And we live for more than ourselves. Amen. That's just awesome. So, our true reality. Our true reality. That's a new series. And I think it's going to kick off very nicely from what we're busy with in terms of mission. And really, I've been meditating on this. What is Christianity all about? When are people disappointed in Christianity? That's another way to ask the question. When are people disappointed in Christianity? Now, I've realized there's many reasons why people might be disappointed in Christianity. One of them might be that um, there's, a, there's a, a leader who commits sin. There's a leader who falls from, from grace, they call him. That's not falling from grace, by the way, but that's a different message. There's a leader who, who makes a mistake, or they, they act immorally, or they steal money, or they have an adulterous relationship. And it's, it's with good reason that they're disappointed, but if that is what is going to keep you from being a Christian, you don't understand what Christianity is all about. You see, inherently, Christianity is not about morality. It's about immorality. No, it's about immortality. You better be waking. If it's about immorality, then you better run. <laughs> it's not about morality. It's about immortality. 
It's not about being right and wrong, and we've discussed that at length about the two trees. It's not about who's good and who's not good. It's about who's alive and who's dead. And yes, when you come alive, when you eat of the tree of life, when you receive the Spirit, then a book like Colossians says, now stop acting like the old man you used to be. Stop committing the sins. You are no longer addicted. You're no longer this because you're now something new. You're a new creature, a new creation. You're a spiritual man, a spiritual being. And what we want to look at today is we have to step into this new creation reality. And we need to step out of the old man to step into the new man. And that's really what Christianity is all about. And now when you step into this new creature, your new creation, who you are in Christ, now guess what? Sin is no longer an issue. It shouldn't be. Hebrews 12 says, lay aside every weight. That's the emotions, that's the distresses, the anxieties, the depression, it's the disappointments, it's people who's hurt you, it's people who's backstabbed you, it's people who you trusted, you looked up to, and they made mistakes. You, you need to let go of that disappointment, that's the weights we want to carry around. Think about someone doing the comrades, running with two bags of cement. I mean, think about someone doing the comrades, that's already enough. To, I just think about it and I get tired, I mean. <laughs> I can't even watch it on TV for that whole day. They run it for the whole day. But we think it's stupid, but somehow we, 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 we think it's, it's, we're entitled to hold on to hurts. We're entitled to hold on to disappointments. We're entitled to hold on to not forgiving ourselves, not forgiving others. And all of that really are weights that wear us down. And maybe we think like, I, I'm so far from going to Albania, Peter, I can't even get through the week. How many weights are you holding on to? How many wounds are you not letting God, let Him nurture, put the ointment into those wounds? Let Him touch you, let Him nurture you, let Him hold you close, so that He can get healed, so that you can get whole, so that you can step into your new creation, and that you can now not just step into it, but step out as new creations. That's really what we're called to do. Human wisdom and morality is not what Christianity is all about. Yes, good Christians should live moral lives, but so much more. You know what, if we wanted to really be safe from sin, there's better options in terms of religion. Much better options, much more stricter. But they're dead. Because it's not about right and wrong, it's about dead and alive. And we need to step into that aliveness that we've got. So 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 5 says, For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in His almighty power. That is faith. What is faith? Faith is even when it doesn't make sense. That's what we're doing in Albania. It doesn't make sense. How can you be there? How can you go? Finances are down. This is not a good time. No, God said go, so we're going to go. You know what? Something blessed me so much. Someone told me, if you pull a trailer and you hit a wobble and you get an oscillation, everyone ever, ever pulled a trailer and that starts happening and you can't get out of it. It's quite scary. And what you tend to do is you want to press the brake because it's dangerous. That's the worst thing you can do. Because now the oscillation increases and the momentum... See, I'm a real engineer today. The oscillation increases and now the car's momentum goes down and this goes up. So what happens is it tumbles. So when things are wobbly, it's a good time to put your foot on the pedal. It's a good time to step out in faith. It's a good time to do something proper. It's a good time to live kingdom. Amen? When Natasha and I got the opportunity to come to Cape Town, we did our budget. 
It did not work out, and we said, let's go. Why? Because we knew this is where we had to be. We didn't know of Grace Life even. We knew this is where we had to be. And I'm so thankful we stepped out. We didn't go by common sense. We went by faith. We went because we knew there's something in me that's not going to stay behind. However, there is a wisdom that we continually speak of when we are among the spiritually mature. And that's what we're doing this morning. We're talking in a church. Amen? And you would have realized that for the last few months, I am preaching to Christians. So if you're not a Christian, welcome. Please come speak to us afterwards because we would really want you to live in the fullness and the freedom of what God has given for you. But the purpose of us gathering here today together is, yes, to be a blessing to each other. Yes, to receive. Yes, to do, enjoy worship. Yes, to receive a word. But I need to equip some believers so that some of these believers in front of me can go out and do some kingdom work. Amen? Because otherwise, I'm not doing my work. You see, Ephesians 4.12, where we started, it's not my work to do the work of the ministry. It is your work. I need to equip you, but actually also nurture you, feed you, lead you guide you. That's why we as leadership said, we'll guide you. How does a shepherd go? He goes in front of the sheep and the sheep come behind. So instead of just saying, hey, there's a mission, who's going? We say, hey, there's a mission, we're going, who's coming with? Amen? If that means there's no services for two Sundays, that's fine. You'll be okay. The people in Albania will be more blessed, amen, than us missing out on a Sunday or two. So if we can as a whole church go, it's cheap there. We just need to get there. <laughs> it's cheap. It's communism. Everything is the same price. You literally, you go to the grandest restaurant and you go to the shoddiest place, it's 70 rand a pizza. Like, you need to get used to it. You go to the nicest place on the block. And you can afford it. But you need to just get there. Amen? But that's not how you do it. You go where God says. Where He has someone that you can connect with. The wisdom that we continually speak among the spiritually mature is the wisdom that did not originate in this present age, nor did it come from the rulers of this age who are in the process of being dethroned. I don't know about you, but I've heard many talk of late of universities that's in trouble because it's too expensive, they're not really speaking to the job market, there's many different things that, that the world currently is moving in that is against universities. Where are some of the wisest, most clever people in our world? They're at universities. Just as an example, you might be in an industry like Kodak, and you're the CEO of Kodak, and you make film for cameras. Well done, you. And the next thing you know, no one buys cameras anymore. You see, the wisdom of this world is not so wise. But there's more. There's a, there's, a, there's a continuation. If you're at the university, great on you because there's people there who's looking. There's people there who's searching. There's people there from all nations. This week I met with someone. I said, I know you want to go into all the nations. But guess what? You live in Stellenbosch. All the nations has come to you. I said in the last outreach, we spoke to people from Morocco, Ghana, Nigeria, Ghana, um, Lesotho, South Africa, and then that includes a lot of the provinces in our country. So just in one Sunday night, I spoke to people from at least seven nations. Seven nations. He's still not awake. I'm giving you opportunities here. We can get excited about it because we are here in a very critical, strategic town, if you will. And I share with you a secret. So when I finished my studies in Pretoria, 
someone connected me to someone who was coming to do mission work in Stellenbosch. And I laughed at him. I said, really? I'm sure God called you to Stellenbosch. Of all the towns in the world, of all the towns in South Africa, I'm so sure. And I was sarcastic. Because I just thought, what a lack of town to have a life in. But God will never put you there for ministry. Because why would he put you in nice places? Here we are. Shows you God has a sense of humor. And he's forgiving. <laughs> he forgave my sarcasm. Why? Because you just need to be where God wants you to be. Not where it makes sense. Not where it's great or where it's strategic in a worldly sense, but in a, in a spiritual sense. Yes, we are here, and there's something on this town, I believe, that is there about equipping people and sending them out. That's why the university exists. That's where the theological department started. It was a quick school, it still is, to quick people, to, to instill them, train station. It's not such a weird word, by the way. We come in, we, we polish them, we nurture them, we get them stuck onto the word, we disciple the found, we make sure they're full of the word, they're full of purpose, full of calling, full of destiny, full of the spirit, full of Jesus. And then when they get jobs, when they go out, when they marry, they take that with them. I promise you there's some people online currently who's not living in Stellenbosch, but who was in this church and they received what they cannot let go of or they cannot find somewhere else. Don't look at the empty chairs. Because this is a train station. Amen? This is an equipping center. I remember one night there was a guy, he's, um, he lived in Kaimandi, probably still does, and his newborn was in hospital. And at the end of the message, we said, is there anyone with a prayer request? And he came up and he says, I'm not here to pray for my child, who was almost dead. I'm here to say thank you that you equipped me so that I could pray for him in the week, and now he's healed and whole. He said, this is not a, this is not a service. This is a training center. As a pastor, that is what we want to hear. This is not a service. This is equipping. This is reaching out. This is stirring you up so that we can do the work of this ministry. Nor did it come from the rulers of this age who are in the process of being dethroned. Instead, we continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God, hidden before now in a mystery. It is His secret plan, destined before the ages, to bring us into glory. Listen there. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. What's that? That's the gospel. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages. For whose glory? Not for His glory. For our glory. You see, people don't want to live this life because you think you give up so much. But that's where the glory is. It's on the other side. That's why The Matrix is one of my favorite movies, and that probably gives my age away as well. But they sit there, and there's two, two pills, a blue pill and a red pill. And a lot of people come to that crossroad in their life. It's such a metaphoric movie. Only the first one. The rest gets a bit weird. But it is about what is the true reality, what is really going on. And I have sat with people, and I'm sure you have too, where you present to them the gospel, and now you say, you choose. Either you take the red pill, and you see how deep the rabbit hole really goes, and you live as a new creation. Or you take the blue pill, and you go back to La La Land, and you live on this lamster wheel called life. And unfortunately, not everyone takes the red pill. Our job is not to help them choose. 
Our job is to give them a choice. Do you get that? We must present to them the gospel. And they must choose. I loved it. And this week in our team time, Shane um, played a video. And this guy spoke about big conferences and big crusades and massive things happening. And then there would be hands and there would be cards for conversion. And at the end, they would ask this minister, how many people got saved? He said, we'll see. I said, what do you mean? He says, no, we'll see. Didn't you have cards? I don't count those. So what do you mean? He says, if you really gave your life to God, you'll be able to see it. You can't lift your hands on an altar call on Sunday and go back be normal on Monday. We'll see who really gave their lives to God. We'll see. When new people come in, we'll see. We are very slow, very slow to promote anyone. We'll see. It's fine. Come, serve, be here, be on time, be early, be a blessing, give, whatever. We'll see. I know when I really gave my, God, my life to God. And I know when it was fake conversion. Because fake conversion you need to do all the time. But when you really gave, you, you, you know you're different. You cannot be the same. You cannot. You waste it for God. Because guess what? I was a mess. And someone told me I don't have to be. Someone told me there's a price paid. Someone told me that Jesus is alive. Someone told me that God's not expecting anything from me. But he did everything for me. And I responded. In tears. In a mess. I didn't understand everything. I'm still not... I, I, don't, I don't make as if I understand. Someone asked me something about the word. I say, and you might have heard this, my current view is... Because tomorrow I might have a new revelation or understand something else. I'm happy to be wrong because otherwise I'll never grow. And maybe as a, as a membership you need to think about this as well because there are some things we don't, used to, we don't believe the way we used to. There are some things we don't teach the way we used to. There are some things we don't do the way we used to. And there's like... Natasha and I have an understanding that whatever we do, we always have a good reason for it. So when she doesn't understand me, or I don't understand her, we come to each other and say, hey, I see this is different. I'm sure you have a good reason. So we give each other the benefit of the doubt. And then we have an open conversation and we explain it. So I want you to do the same. Don't just think, oh, they change their stuff all the time, or they do stuff different. No, we have good reason for what we do. We have good reason for, for how we meet and for what we focus on and for maybe tweaking our vision every now and then. Because if it was just the same, then, then let's just be the same. But if we want to mature, if we want to grow, if we want to step out, then there needs to be growth. You know what? John 16. John 16, Jesus said something very profound. He says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. He's speaking to his disciples. He's speaking before the cross. He says, I've got so many more things I want to share with you. You're my brothers. You're my beloved. You are, you're the ones that I've done three years of life with, but you're not ready. Why not? Well, he's going to answer it in the next verse. He says, how be it? When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. 
For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Why are you not ready? Because you don't yet have the Holy Spirit. Okay? Did Jesus have the Holy Spirit? He did. That's why he was able to share some things. But the receivers, the disciples, the hearers didn't have the Spirit, so they couldn't interpret spiritual truths. So it had to happen that Jesus died, that he rose again, that he was ascended, and then what did he do on Pentecost? He poured out the Spirit, and now the Spirit is going to show us things that we weren't ready for before. And it's not just 2,000 years ago, it is now when you get saved. When 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that all things are new, what we do is we think all my sins are forgotten. I've got a clean slate. And that's true. All things are new. You're sparkly clean. You're, you're a blink, man. But what is all things? Your purpose. Your destiny. Your calling. Your definition of success. What you give your life for. How you live. Why you get up in the morning. How you do relationships. All things. All things has become new. And I've been challenged by that thought the last few weeks. Where was I before I got saved? And what has been renewed since I've gotten saved? So there's some things easy. I was on my way to be a successful businessman. That was why I thought what success was. So that was redefined for me. That's now new. There's more purpose to life and that's eternity. But I'm happy to be more challenged in some areas to say, what have I not yet renewed my mind on? And how do I renew it? I renew it into spiritual truths, spiritual realities. Because at the end of the day, I used to be carnal, and now I'm spiritual. The problem is the spiritual Peter still lives in the carnal body. And that's the challenge. That's the challenge for all of us. But let's be open to this. You see this word, all truth. If all things are new, and we have all truth, the Holy Spirit will show you, all truth, He will guide you into all truth. Not just the truth of Christ or the truth of the gospel. The word truth there is very interesting. It is the truth about everything, if you want to paraphrase it. Wow, this is deep. This is really deep. I'm not sarcastic. The Holy Spirit comes, and what does He do? He leads you into the truth about everything. So everything changes. You see, a big problem with nominal Christianity is that we only change our Sundays. We get saved and Sundays change. We go to church. Maybe you go twice a Sunday. Maybe you listen to a podcast or a preach on the way to work. But it all things change. Has the truth affected and affected all areas of your life? How you do business. Not just how, but why. Yes, the Spirit is there to show you how to do business. You can come up with clever ideas. But what I would rather have is the Spirit show me why I'm there. That's primary. And those often have names. Names of people. And then how do I stay there? How do I grow in influence? Is I be there. There's a big movement in Christianity called the Seven Mountains. Anyone here heard of the Seven Mountains? 
Okay, if you haven't, don't worry. So the idea is there's seven mountains of influence, seven mountains in life, education, religion, politics, they're all mountains, business. And then the higher up the mountain you go, the more influence you have. That's a good idea. But I read Ephesians, I read Colossians, I read letters from Paul, and he never tells a slave to fight for his freedom. He says, if you're a slave, be a good slave. Okay, that, that messes up a few things. Because success is not becoming a top of a, a mountaineer. Success is how many people you're influencing with the kingdom. And the top is often very lonely. We have had nations where Christianity was enforced. That didn't work so well, did it? Because you see, it's not a set of rules. It's a living relationship with Father God. It's something spiritual. I have to be very careful now, but I don't want to. What happened in America? There's two parties. And the one is presumably more Christian than the other. Okay? So all the Christians vote for the one party, and all the non-Christians vote for the other party. What does that do for the kingdom? If you fight it on that front, you're just getting into the mud with them. You're meeting, you're degrading spirituality into a carnal system of politics. You know there's a verse in the Bible that says, And to everyone of the church in Caesar's household. Paul writes a letter and he says, These must be read to the Christians who live under the roof of the Roman Emperor. Did he say overthrow the Roman Empire because they're burning Christians? Never. Because there's a spiritual hell. There's a spirituality that even Pilate almost got saved. Very close. In the book of Acts, some of these Romans say, stop, because you'll convert me. Blue pill, red pill. I don't want to give up the freebies, the power, the things. Don't share the gospel further, please. There's another scary verse in the Bible that says, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but loses what? Loses his soul. So why I said it's a challenging word today is, we are spiritual. And I, for one, want to live more from that place. I want to focus more. I want to gear my life, my decisions, my purpose, my, my destiny into the spiritual realm or from without the spiritual side of me. Not go and tag along into what is success in this world and then add some spirituality as I go along. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. It says here, what is true in any and every matter under consideration. You see, the word truth there is not so much what is truth and what's a lie. No, what it is, and that's why I chose the Matrix theme, it is, it is showing us what is really going on. Because who of us have read the Old Testament lately? My hand is up. And I read a completely different story than, than what I grew up with. 
Abraham, Noah, creation. I mean, if you've been here, you know what I'm talking about. There was a point where I was bragging about, oh, look at my New Testament. My New Testament is worn out. I'm a grace preacher. My New Testament is worn out. My Old Testament, I don't touch. How poor can you be? <laughs> because everything in the new is based on the old. It's the interpretation. It's the PowerPoint slides. And this is your handbook. So you can go through the PowerPoint slides and you can pass the exam, but that doesn't mean you're going to know everything there is to know. But you can take the PowerPoint slides and you can take your study notes and you can go dig into the meat of the matter and you can be stirred up because Christ is substance. Substance of what? Things hoped for. So we can hope for things and guess what? The word says that money grows wings and flies away. I've read some books about the Second World War. It's so humbling. I told someone in this week, they're complaining about load shedding. I said, yeah, the Holocaust was worse. You see, it's all about perspective. I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that there was worse. The guy looked at me and says, oh, you're a, a glass half full kind of guy. I'm like, yeah, you've no idea. But anyways, you see, it's about perspective. I've shared it before. Like in the Second World War, they exchanged chocolates for diamond rings. Because what is a diamond worth in, in Auschwitz? Nothing. You can do nothing with a diamond in Auschwitz. But chocolate went a long way. Through the wisdom of this world, we need to attain to these riches, and then something happens. Everyone wants to save the dolphins. And then COVID happens, and then we, we lit up. You don't know what I'm talking about. We went and we ate smoothies, and everyone says, don't use a lid, don't use a straw, save the dolphins. And I watched those things. COVID came, better make sure. Forget about the dolphins. Now, slowly, we're allowed to think about the dolphins again. Because we're safe. You see, inherently, people are self-centered. And I'm all for the dolphins. I mean, really, I love dolphins. But I'm for people eternity first. You see, but what, we, what, what that is, that, that's a fake purpose. It's a fake purpose. You feel good about something that's not going to last for eternity. And then you see how quickly people let go of it. So you know there's no real substance. But people are willing to be burned on stakes for the kingdom, for the gospel. But we're not willing to go without a lid in COVID for dolphins. Which is right. That's, the, that's how it should be. How did we get onto dolphins? Come on. I want to read just a few verses. 2 Corinthians 5.14 For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us. This links beautifully what Bernard shared last week. It's His love, not ours. It's our passion. It's our first love. It's what motivates us, what drives us. Because we are absolutely convinced that He has given us His life for all. This means all died with Him. So that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives. I'm reading New Testament grace messages here, by the way. But lives that are poured out for Him, the one who died for us and now lives again. Verse 16. So then... From now on, we have a new perspective. You see, have your perspective changed? 
Have your value system changed? Have your definition of success changed? That refuses to evaluate people merely by the outward appearance. Again, we can't just think about those who are successful or think we need to attain to success. Success is not what you earn. For, what, um, for that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him, the Passion says here, with limited human insight. They think this is just a guy from Nazareth. This is just Joseph's son. Kill him. Oh, how wrong were they? But now when we look at him, we no longer see him as Jesus of Nazareth. No, we see him as Jesus, the redeemed, the redemptive, the regenerated, the son of God. That's how you should see Jesus. Amen? Listen to Romans 6. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so. Say, even so. So you want to be just like Jesus? Yes, even so. We also should walk in the newness of life. All things have become new. Things were dead. Things are now alive. You were dead. Now you're alive. You see, we get so used to being alive that we forget what it was to be dead. Now, Peter, what is this about baptism? Listen to verse 5. For if we have been planted together. Same, same context. Speaking about being one with Christ. United, planted, engraved. In the likeness of His death. We shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. So guess what, church? We are all living way beyond, below our means. Me, me included. I'll, I'll lead from the front again. I am not living as much like Jesus as I can. And again, it's not about not sinning. It's about living a life of purpose and power. Being spiritual. Saying, hey, get up. Walk. Sharing the gospel. Preaching the truth. Our lives after we get saved should look very different compared to before we've gotten saved. Give yourself time, but it has to change. I'm going to read here from the Young's literal translation. It's going to sound like Yoda, but listen. Galatians 2.19 says, For I through the law did die, that to God I may live. With Christ I have been crucified, and live no more do I. It's almost poetic. And Christ does live in me, and that which I now live in the flesh. Okay, so who's in you? Christ. Where is He? In your flesh. In the faith I live of the Son of God. It's not faith in the Son of God. It's the faith of the Son of God, who did love me and give himself for me. Did give, sorry. I do not make void the grace of God, for if righteousness be through law, then Christ died in vain. I love this. I live and live no more do I, and Christ does live in me. Live no more do I. But Christ now lives in me. I want to say that every morning when I get up. 
Not just to say it, but to live like that. Because I have shortcomings. I've made mistakes. I get tired. I, get, I have enough of some people. I have enough of some troubles. I, I have good days and bad days. But I live no more. My opinion doesn't count. Because Christ now lives in me. You see, we make Him Lord. But we make Him Lord of our lives. What does that mean? When he says go, go. When he says get up, get up. When he says share, share. Yes, from the passion, from the love, from the place of overflow. For love is God loving us first. Of course it is. But we can't be Dead Sea Christians with no outflow. We have to be Christians with an outflow. And yes, always let your inflow supersede your outflow so that you never run dry and burn out. But there's a passion in us waiting to get out. There's a world out there waiting to hear about this good news. There's a life that we should live that brings glory to God. Our lives after we get saved should look very different compared to before we've gotten saved. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The Passion says, Behold, everything is fresh and new. Everything is fresh and new. So if you went and studied something before you got saved, just make sure. Just make sure. Or if you have a different purpose now, say, God, how can I use what I've got? What I studied, where I work, my skill set, but to change my point of attack, which is no longer to climb a corporate ladder, but is now to influence and infiltrate the hearts of people with the kingdom of God. You'll be much happier at work, I promise you, than you've ever been before. Much happier. And guess what? If the world can't own you, they want to. If they cannot own you, they want to. You become invaluable. Because you're different. But we're so afraid to be different. And I think in our culture, more so. We don't talk about politics and religion. You have to talk about religion. You have to share the gospel. There's no other way. It's going to be unpopular. You might get stoned. Jesus will open arms, welcome you into heaven. Why play it safe? It's boring. I don't know about you, I've had enough of boring. And I feel after COVID, we need to stir up something in the side of us. We're we through COVID now. We survived. The church has survived. But we're called to thrive. We're called to overflow. We're called to go. We're called to make a difference. We're called to step up. Because my Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. My Jesus said, and my Bible says, taste and see that God is good. It means you need to partake. How are you a member of this church? Well, you, if you signed a form, you didn't, it doesn't matter. 
Are you partaking? Are you on mission with us? Are you, are you part of what we are busy with? And if you're not, that's fine. There's many churches, there's many visions. Our vision is to gather, to grow, to go. To step up, to step out. Because it's, life is too short to play it safe. When I resigned from my previous employment, I told them if I had two lives, maybe then I would consider giving you one. But guess what? This is not a dress rehearsal. We're not playing church. We're not just looking to survive another month. No, we're looking to, to build kingdom. We're looking to make a mark. Amen? We can't make hell full and heaven empty. It needs to be the other way around. And all of you are going to encounter people this week who do not know about Jesus. Or they've never heard the truth, the gospel. I grew up in church. I knew about Jesus. But I never heard the gospel as clear and as plain as I did when I got saved. You are all equipped to share the goodness of our Father. To live a life of purpose and meaning. Whether you earn 10,000 rand or 100,000 rand. Here we're all the same. Because we all matter. And every person matters. And guess what? As a leadership, we cannot do this by ourselves. We don't want to, but we also cannot. We want to invite you on this adventure. And when you do, you'll see that everything is fresh and new. You know what? Jesus didn't come to fix Adam's mess. He came to make a new Adam altogether. He didn't come to fix Adam's mess. Go read Romans 5. There's much more that we live in. There's much more that we have. We have a new marriage, a new union with Christ. Therefore, there's new fruitfulness. There's a new creation. It's the Spirit, and there should also be a new focus. Every person perfect and complete in Christ. Let's see where we can close here. Mark 4. From verse 34. Jesus summoned the crowd along with his disciples and he had them gather around and he said to them, If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own, as you continually surrender to my ways. Listen to verse 35. It says, For if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. I can preach this till I'm blue. But you're going to have to taste and see for yourself. You see, you can drive a simulator or you can play Xbox and you can think you can drive a Formula One car. But until you get behind the wheels of a Formula One car and you go around the track, you will know whether you can drive a Formula One car and what it really feels like. I'm telling you that if you want to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you want to lose your life for the gospel and for the kingdom's sake, you will find the true source of life. But I cannot make you choose. My job is to present to you the choice. Your decision matters. It matters. 
and it changes everything. Again, you don't need to get new employment. You don't need to buy a new house or find a new car or sell everything you've got. You can live the same life from the outside, but you can live with so much purpose from the inside. Because all of a sudden, everywhere you go, you see opportunity. Everywhere you go, you see vacant land where the kingdom can occupy. Everywhere you go, you step out in boldness and purpose. Everywhere you go, you see people who are zombies because they are, they are, they are empty. They are without life. The life of God is not in them, but they're walking dead. And you don't go and tell them you're a zombie. Please don't. But the good news is you can tell them what they're missing out on. They're missing out on this life-giving, crucial, eternal part. The goodness of God, the glory of God, the Spirit of God. And guess what? Once do not just come on them, but live in them. Never leave them. Never forsake them. Never again do they have to be alone for one day. We're going to speak about dust and stars, hopefully next week. And I'll show you what was really prophesied to Abraham. Because we are no longer called to live as the dust of the earth. We are left and called to live as the stars in heaven. So we need to draw some of the dust men, the material um, men, people, the, the, the first Adam. And we need to infiltrate them with the gospel so that they receive the spirit of God. So that they are changed. We used to be dust. Trampled under the foot of men. Thus we are no longer. We are bright shining stars. Seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. That is good news. Not stop sinning. Start living. That is our message. Start living your true purpose. As a son, as a daughter of the spiritual God which we serve. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.